So, Bas Eickert, Green Member of the European Parliament. We talked today about three letters, ETS. What does that mean, actually? It means emissions trading system. Uh, I'm not sure that will help a lot. Um, Sounds very interesting. I know. It's, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's putting a price on carbon. That's the core. So we all know CO2 is, is causing climate change. Um, well, you could say, why is Europe not doing a carbon tax? Uh, putting just directly a price on carbon. Unfortunately, Europe cannot decide on taxation and you need 28 countries to agree on it, so forget about it. So we have an emission trading system, which means that you give allowances for companies to pollute and over the course of the years, that amount of allowances is shrinking. So you create scarcity. So at a certain moment for a company, it becomes important to have the decision, am I going to buy more allowances, which become expensive if there is scarcity, or shall I invest in innovation and emit less? Okay. That's what the system, in theory, is so doing. So they have to pay to pollute? It is a bit of a, a, a license to pollute, but they have to pay for it, yeah. And if you put the right price on it, then they will rather invest in innovation and not pollute. Okay, but so right now you discuss and you will vote a reform of this whole system? So yes. that means that at the moment that doesn't work? Well, there is this system until 2020, so we need now a kind of a follow-up on that. So what we are discussing is a reform that is from 2020 until 2030, so how does that system work there? But it is true that we have quite some problems in the current system, so the fix is also really needed for after 2020. What does that mean? I mean, it's, it sounds also technical. Can you explain that a bit it's, more? It's very simple. The biggest problem we are having is that the price is too low. The current carbon price in the market is around 5 euros per ton CO2. And, well, probably you say, okay, is that high or low? Just one example, a company like Shell, it's an oil company, They are investing a lot in, you know, they want gas, they want to sell gas, and in order to reduce their emissions, they want to, to, to uh, capture and carbon CO2 and put it under the ground. For that technology, they calculate internally that they need a price 40 to 50 euros per ton CO2. So the price that Shell would like, and Shell is not really the biggest friend of the Greens, but Shell would like to have a price that is 10 times higher than the current price in the market. So that shows a bit the problem we are having with the current system. So what are you doing now? What are you changing now that, that will work again? I think it's, uh, of course, you have to look at the system. So what is the biggest problem then? Why is the price so low? And then it's very simple. There is a massive over-allocation of allowance. There are too many allowances in the market. So you, can, you could say that we have been swamping the market with too many allowances. Partly because of the economic crisis, partly because we just gave too many allowances for free. So the simple solution... To reduce. Take out some of those allowances. But of course there the industrial lobby will say, but sorry, these allowances are in the system, so why are you taking it out? That is unfair, unpredictable, we didn't expect that, that's not fair play. So it was already a big fight to get something done, but we managed in the package that we, vo we will vote in February to say we will remove one billion of allowances and we'll scrap it. We will just take it out of the system. Uh, so one billion of allowances might be scrapped if this deal holds, which is it's a fair amount. I mean, we still, the pro people expect that by 2020 we have a surplus of 2.5 billion. So there's still a surplus, but 
already taking one billion out of that is, is a big gain, certainly for the price. It will certainly react to that. Mm -hmm. So why it is so complicated to reform this? I mean, you could say, okay, everybody agrees that we have a problem with climate change. So in the European Parliament, when you negotiated this reform, um, who are those who say, no, 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 please keep it as it is? Yeah, this is, t this is it's, it's typical politics and typical politicians. When Paris was agreed, of course, everyone was, was yelling and waving and very happy because Paris is crucial. You mean the climate agreement in Paris? The climate agreement year. in Paris. So everyone in the parliament is talking about the importance of Paris. But of course, Paris is just paper. This is going to be the first law which is going to translate Paris, the climate agreement, into action for the European industry. And then suddenly you see that not so many politicians are suddenly talking so much about the Paris Agreement anymore because lobby from the industry because the higher the price of course for especially companies that use a lot of energy the more they have to pay for it and then they come up with their excuses international competition unfair we will move out of Europe jobs losses all these kind of arguments they are all over the place in order to fight against a, an ambitious deal mm. and Paris is then suddenly very 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 far away but who are the people in the parliament then? Then suddenly are not talking about Paris well, anymore. If you know the parliament a bit, it's 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 not so difficult to guess which party is moving the most and listening to the industry the most. That's the Christian Democrats. So that's that's the Dutch CDA, the German CDU. Uh, you know them. It's the Conservatives. They they are really uh, playing a very difficult game. I think the good thing is to realize the package that we formulated which was agreed by the environment committee in December is really a fair deal I mean there's a couple of stuff in that I really hate we are giving all kind of compensation for indirect costs don't get into the details but there's a lot of money that we are giving to industry still a lot of free allowances out there so the deal is really a compromise and in December the Christian Democrats said okay we stick to this deal and now they are being lobbied again and suddenly they start moving away from that deal again, so which is of course terrible. I mean, you can't trust them. That's the conclusion. How does it work actually in the parliament? Do you have lobbyists then every day knocking at your door in your office, um, or how? What what does it lobbying mean? Literally, they knock at your door or they call you. I know a lot of my colleagues are being called by industry now every day, and it's mainly one sector now. Maybe that's important to stress is that. Uh, in this deal, we still have a lot of free allowances for a lot of sectors, but one, one sector will not hold its free allowances after 2020, and that's the cement sector. And there are good reasons for it. First of all, there is hardly any international competition. If you really look at cement in Europe, we are even exporting. And what you see, if you look into the data, is that in the past, the cement sector has increased its exports because of the allowances they got. So we were subsidizing export of cement. And secondly, um, free allowances is not even very helpful for the cement sector because, you know, it's, 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 they don't emit those huge amounts. Well, they emit a lot, but not with the ones they're importing or not. So it's not even the best method to protect them. So what we say now to them in the deal is say, okay, we take out free allowances, but we give you a border adjustment measure, which means that if there is import of cement from other regions, those regions have to pay a mm -hmm. price that is the same level as the carbon price. So you have an equal playing field. 
That's what we say now to the cement sector. So they are still protected, but very important, less free allowances. And that is in the period of 2020 until 2030, another billion of free allowances that are not going to the cement sector anymore. So that's huge, very important. But they are getting very nervous, they're not happy, and they are now emailing, uh, organizing events, calling, doing everything now to make politicians nervous that this would be the end of cement industry in Europe. And are they successful? Unfortunately, it's making a lot of politicians nervous. I mean, the deal we had was supported, even the Polish Conservative Party supported this deal, so we had really a very good deal, but now one sector is really crying wolf and you see people getting nervous. Although if they start moving on cement, then the entire deal falls apart. Mm. So it's really, yeah, you would say stick to your gun and stay cool. We're having a good deal on the table with some ambition, but also good protection. There's a good alternative for the cement sector in there. So don't stress. Unfortunately, the cement sector is stressing and it is making politicians very nervous. And it seems that, for example, the Christian Democrats will now try to get this cement out of the deal. That's why I'm still confident that you will have a good result next week. It's too early to tell. We have still a week to go uh, before the uh, vote. And you see politicians getting nervous. I think until now we managed to keep them to the deal if, if we can maintain it we can have a good and fair vote on the 14th of February. But, yeah, I'm not sure that the politicians are getting nervous. The lobby is successful, so some people are shifting away from the current position. Let's hope it's uh, less than 50% of the voting uh, MEPs there in the parliament. And when the vote is done, is it then over and we have that deal? Or what is going to happen after? Um, no, then the position of the parliament is fixed. Then, of course, we have to wait until the member states, because in Europe there's only a law when also member states and parliament agree. Uh, they will probably agree on their position by the end of February. Then there is an environmental council, so then all the ministers of environment will... Uh, will come together in Brussels. Hopefully they will get to their position. You know already that position will never be as ambitious as the Parliament's position. So after February, that means Parliament and Council, the member states, will have to negotiate on the final deal. We still need a couple of months for that. Still a long way to go. Still a long way to go, but important that we have a good pos starting position of the Parliament and that will be decided in a week time. Thank you. You're welcome.